Welcome to the Invino Fab podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Patrice. Invino Fabulum means in wine story, and there are so many tales that need to be told about women from all walks of life and their communities, paired with wine, of course. The Invino Fab pod is a place to learn and a space to share stories about work, interests, passion projects, issues, and random wine facts. Hey, it's Laura here. Thought I'd give you just a little bit of an intro. Uh, you may have known or seen that there's been a bit of radio silence or lack of podcast episodes coming your feed from Invino Fab. And that's been intentional. The month of June has been something unreal, but really what we've needed to face here in the US and really around the world. Both Patrice and I recognize as white cis hetero women, we want to make space for what feminism really is and the intersectionality of it by amplifying other voices that need to be heard from all walks of life and backgrounds. We really think the intersectional perspectives really need to be heard more than ever. So we did a lot of listening, learning, and um, figuring out where we want to go and what we want to do for future episodes. We would love to hear from you, and we'd like to expand what feminism really is and can be, and who's really moving forward in the movement and lifting up those voices. If you want to come and talk to us about anything around class, race, gender, culture, and more, we think it needs to happen. So this is just kind of a call out for that. Um, This was a candid conversation, like I said, recorded probably almost three weeks ago, and I'm putting it out now because I think we unpacked some realness with our privilege and what does it mean to do the work and continued practice of allyship. So I hope um, we've shared a few things with you and know that this is not the last conversation and probably not action that we'll make from this podcast, but at least you can listen to hear what we were thinking about a few weeks ago. This is sadly still relevant because the work and the learning and the unlearning and listening and practice fellowship never ends. So hopefully you gain some insight on maybe where you too can get started. Thanks. So Patrice and I have been absent for a little while. You know, there's some stuff going on in the world the last few months. I don't know. It's not, it's been quiet. Has it not Patrice? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a, been a little, little uh, busier than usual in my corner of the world, so to speak, as I know that it is for so many, many people. Yeah. Uh, full force 2020. You are full on giving it to us in different ways. If it's not a pandemic and closure of a virus spreading, we have uh, social unrest, um, injustice, and uh, lynching of a black people. And welcome. And welcome to where we're at these days. So in candor and full disclosure, uh, Patrice and I don't know everything about this, but we just wanted to talk openly about some things we're thinking about. So um, something I learned to be true is um, gaining knowledge and empathy is one thing, but taking action is the next. And we recognize we are white feminists, and that means something different when you come to the table of some of these issues and what we're faced with in society. Um, And you were talking a little bit before we started recording, Patrice, around... How, how do you bring more people in? Yes. And so I was, I was saying that um, instead of become, being consumed by my Twitter feed um, and other forms of social media, I spent some time uh, trying to think intentionally about like what action can I take? Like how can I better educate myself and what's, um, you know, what, what's my circle of influence? And I thought about um, a recent 
hiring process that we went through where we really struggled not to get a diverse pool of candidates, but a diverse pool of candidates that met the requirements of the, you know, of the job. And in reflecting on that, you know, I think that a lot of the applicants that did meet the requirements, not surprisingly, were white males and then, you know, white females. And we have the issue of if we don't have spaces where people can gain that, that experience, they never have that opportunity to move up. So I've been trying to think about in what way could we mentor people or create internship opportunities um, and work with you know, different organizations to try and create these opportunities so that we can help people gain those skills and help them find jobs and then, and, and then build up so that they can you know, um, have the opportunity to you know, apply for some of these positions. I think that's really good. I have been doing a lot of listening and reading and learning. Um, and a colleague of mine that does a lot of work around equity, diversity, inclusion said, hey, that's great. Knowledge is great. Educating yourself because uh, BIPOC, which is an acronym that stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. These folks don't have time to educate you, Laura, so that's great. But then once you have that knowledge and empathy, what's the action? So I... I was like, that's a good point. Let's do more than being online. Um, so I've been thinking about uh, beyond amplifying people that are posting messages on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I went to the Showing Up for Racial Justice website, and I don't know if you've seen that. It's Showing Up for Racial Justice, um, and I will put a link in our show notes. They have a area around there called white feminism. And some of you may or may not have read um, Robin D'Angelo's book on white fragility. If you've not, it's a good read. Um, but I've been reading some other things from people of color and black women and indigenous folks writing from their points of view that reminds me that sometimes we just show up to listen and we need to do that. And so that's kind of what I've been doing lately. And recognize that we are going to get called out and corrected and you need to be open for those suggestions. So um, that's kind of what I've been hoping to do these days because it's not enough just to be say, I'm not racist. It's we need to be anti-racist and move the needle. So I'd like how you're thinking about, well, who could we have to start building a program of mentorship or sponsorship or how can we support kind of pathways for growth for your thinking about career, I've been thinking about just voices in general, because it doesn't need to be us talking to um, learn from someone else, but what can they just share about their story that's not, you know, something we don't know about. And I, I think that's been really something I've been trying to do as we listen, learn, you know, we're going to make mistakes. Um, I've been trying to think about some different ways of how some of the feminist ideas I have from my experience intersects with everything from uh, black women to uh, people that come from LGBTQ plus community to um, different class issues to, you know, the other things in society that we always kind of forget to talk about or, you know, don't always come up with issues that we might think about directly because that's just not my experience. Yeah. I, as part of that, um, process of trying to educate myself. Um, I'm also trying to inform that onboarding process because it's one thing to hire and recruit. It's another to create a culture where 
people have a sense of belonging and um, you know are feeling welcome. And I know that we have a lot of work to do in that, a lot of work to do in that area. And so it has been really helpful to hear people's stories and better understand how people are experiencing different things. Because I think as much as we try not to, we frequently like jump to a solution without really understanding what the problem is. And so that's, I think another thing I've been trying to do, especially as people are, you know, sharing different ideas about, you know, solutions is to take a step back, do a little research, do some reading, educate myself and try and understand all as as much as possible, like the different sides of the issues so that, that I can at least be informed about what people are discussing. Yeah, it's multi-layered. Um, and I don't, I'm not surprised. We've come to a head of unrest in the society we live in the U.S. Um, I will say I fully support the anger, the fear, the protests, the civil engagement and movement that's happening in this country because it's been decades, right? Like this is not because of just George Floyd. This is an ongoing issue that's never been dealt with in this country and the history of America. I'm trying to educate myself more around whether it's the 1619 Project podcasts. I always listen to Code Switch for for a long time, um, but trying to listen to other things around police brutality and things that I was never really aware of. So I I was recommended by my boss to check out the 13th um, Mm. on Netflix. So I've been trying to just kind of immerse myself in some education but also call into my own biases and the prejudices we all have. In some ways, we all are probably a little bit racist or we've experienced some bias in our past, uh, family, friends, educators, community circles. So why aren't people feeling uh, like they could be part of my community, what, as you said, at work, but in just in general, of who do I associate with and who do I hang out with and why is it like this? And is there a segregation in that? And I've been thinking more about that these days. Um, there was a article and a few articles that came out of uh, the women at work podcast did a, a call about to um, sisterhood is a critical to racial justice and talked a little bit about the black white, but mm-hmm. also just the ways that we intersect more of who we are. And when you, I love that you talked about belonging um, and I don't know how you're thinking about that um, Patrice, but I think when people don't see themselves in a place why would they apply for a job or why would they show up to an event or yeah. yeah how do we create that sense of belongingness? I think is really critical. Um, I, yeah, I also, um, I was just trying to look for the question. So I, I attended um, a session this morning and it was part of like a leadership conference that for some reason I decided that I was going to like, um, pay to attend this virtual leadership conference thinking that's actually going to be able to attend some of the sessions, (laughs) but I did make it to half of one session this morning and they had us do this reflective exercise. Um, And some of the, you know, a lot of the questions were around thinking about like place and family and how that has informed the implicit, you know, unconscious bias that we all have. And so Some of the questions we reflected on were like, you know, what memories do you have of what your family taught you about diversity? What childhood experiences did you have with people of different cultures? Which is interesting for many of us when we think back, you know, about that. I mean, I grew up in the city. And so I actually, you know, grew up in a very diverse 
area, but I mean, not as diverse as some areas. Um, but then as my life went When you up, say city, you mean the NY city? No, yeah. I grew up in the city of Schenectady. Which Schenectady, okay. But, um, but then, you know, as, a, as an adult lived in a, su- you know, a very, you know, white suburb. Um, but yeah, I, so I think, you know, I've found that um, those type of facilitated discussions that we had one at work as well have been really helpful to have somebody who is kind of guiding that facilitation and creating a safe space for you to have some discussions and, and posing questions that maybe you have or have not thought of, but maybe you're thinking about it now in a different context, you know, mm-hmm. and how, you know, and not realizing like how that does inform some of our actions and beliefs, I think is really helpful as we try to educate ourselves. Yeah, I, I think that some of this work, along with lots of allyship, so whether it's for our, our Black friends, colleagues, peers, neighbors. Um, I think that I am thinking about allyship um, along the spectrum of lots of representation in this world. And it's a practice, right? I don't think it's a, you're done. So Audrey Lord, I read her book over the weekend, or I listened to it, I should say, um, Sister Outsider. And the quote is, a revolution is a not a one-time event, is very true. So although there's this unrest and uprising and voices wanting to be heard, um, right now, this is not the first, probably the last. Um, it's an ongoing process. And I think about um, all of it, whether it's the knowledge plus empathy plus action should continue to go. And I hope to see more than just lip service from places, whether it's places we work at, <laughs> that we pay money to go to, or um, solicit uh, from them a service, a product. Like I want people to actually follow through on actions and not just be a branding thing to say that Black Lives Matter, but show us the, the equity and the injustice being corrected. Uh, so I'd like to see some of that move forward. Um, so I have some hope for where we're going, but I'm still skeptical is my, what I'm thinking, just knowing where we are and what, where we've come from so long ago, from 1968 to 2020. Um, what's yeah. the difference now? Yeah. yeah. And I, I think to that point, we have to be careful of there are no easy answers. I mean, this is a very complex issue and, um, you know, like things like, I mean, training is absolutely needed, but that alone is not the answer. And also, you know, again, like really taking the time to understand what the problems are. So you implement the training that's actually needed. Um, so yes, I think, like you said, there, there's a lot of work to do and hopefully people will continue to step up to the plate and be thinking about these things and working towards a better future for everyone. Yeah, it's going to get ugly and uncomfortable and awkward. And we need to sit in those conversations in space because how many times have our BIPOC colleagues and friends done this for years? Um, So if you're not comfortable as a white woman myself, I'm going to sit in some ugly spaces and I'm, I think I'm okay with being called out. I'm (laughs) the book I'm reading or I'm just starting to read. It's called, uh, you know, it's light uh, me and white supremacy. It's a book led by um, Leila, I think it's Sayad. Um, she goes through um, essentially questions to reflect upon for a 28-day journey. And she's like, this is not a self-help book. So it's going to take you more than 28 days or maybe less or lifelong to continue this on. But I like the idea. And I just literally started the opening 
while walking yesterday and I was like, oh, I'm going to get a journal and have some hard looks at some, some things in my life and what I do. And I think it's, I think you're doing the right thing too, Patrice, is thinking about where you sit and position and where could we um, help to be better allies and lift people up and actually make actions where we could micro. Um, Cause I think you could change things in, in the world we live in, in our communities, our neighborhoods, our at schools and the places where we work. So I think that's really great. If people have suggestions for us, we are open, open to learn. Yes. Yeah. And I know I've been listening to some different podcast episodes and I shared a couple of like, readings and resources but yes anything that people have to share would be extremely helpful yeah i'd love if you have those patrice i'd love to put those in the notes just so people can say what we're listening to these days and kind of learning from um yeah this is a time to get uncomfortable and uh live in that and and uh i i think we're gonna have more of that and that might be a good thing for yeah. our, our country to air out that dirty laundry and uh let's wait for it to dry and process and re- rinse and repeat. Yeah. Thanks for chatting about this, Patrice. Uh, to be continued, never never to be ended, but yeah. Yep. Until next time. To catch the next episode, be sure to subscribe to In Vino Fab wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at In Vino Fab and we'll always welcome comments and messages sent by tweet, private message or email at invinofabulum at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers.